Hi, everybody. Steve here with a quick plug. If you like the podcast and the Unscripted Paranormal video series and you want to support Adrian and the team's work, please consider joining the Unscripted Paranormal Patreon. You'll find a lot of cool, exclusive stuff over there, including Patreon-only podcasts, videos, and interactive one-on-one events with Adrian himself. It's a really inexpensive, easy way to support the team's work, and if you want even more access, there's a VIP tier where you can help pick future locations and stories to pursue, submit questions for Adrian and the team to ask during investigations, and even join Adrian for one-on-one events and other personal interactions. If Patreon is not your thing, you can find Unscripted Paranormal on every media and social media platform. Your likes, comments, shares, follows, and all that good stuff goes a long way. Thanks so much for being here with us. We appreciate it. Welcome to the Unscripted Paranormal Podcast, featuring the International Paranormal Society and the work of author and psychic Adrian Lee. For more, visit unscriptedparanormal.com and find us on your favorite social media platform. Welcome to the Unscripted Paranormal Podcast, where we follow author and psychic Adrian Lee and the International Paranormal Society on real investigations. I'm your host, Editor Steve, and I'll be guiding you along from my perspective as a producer. Everything is always real, never embellished or manufactured, just genuine paranormal investigations. On today's show, we visit a place that sounds absolutely terrifying. Faribault, Minnesota's Hell's Tunnel. And to be honest, this is one of the most unsettling locations I've been to personally. Lace up some good hiking boots, and let's join the team outside of Hell's Tunnel. Here's Adrian with an intro. The tunnels behind me are called Hell's Tunnel, and there's a lot of paranormal activity connected to these tunnels. We're going to go exploring them today, and they've connected the asylum to the penitentiary, to the hospital. So we think there's going to be a lot of paranormal activity in these particular tunnels, and some of it might not be human. There are a lot of myths and urban legends surrounding Hell's Tunnel. We know this place was once a root cellar, but it's also rumored to have been used as a corridor for sick and dying patients, and even to store dead bodies. We are told this is the last accessible section of tunnel, once used for a myriad of things by the long-defunct hospital, school, and currently operational prison nearby. This may look like a serene area full of aesthetic beauty, but underneath the surface, there's a lot of darkness that could be hidden amongst all of this. So don't be fooled by the landscape, and we're going to discover what's here. 
Walking through the park to the tunnel's entrance, there are remnants of structures as well as the sunken earth of other collapsed tunnels. Well-manicured paths wind through an eerily beautiful landscape. To get to the tunnels, you have to walk quite a ways through this park and through the woods. And what you heard right there was actually a train as we came up out into a clearing. The area is a strange mix of beautiful woods, views of the river, but then all these decrepit remains of buildings, collapsed tunnels, partial fences with barbed wire, old decayed staircases that just disappear into the hills. It's a strange place. Long lost ventilation shafts stick up almost randomly. What we're guessing were once part of older, collapsed, or inaccessible tunnels. It's definitely stuff you'd see in the movies, with an almost government vibe to it, an abandoned, restricted area or something. The tunnel itself is over 440 feet of graffiti-covered stone that the city has kindly lit for passage through. The original tunnels were hand-carved by pickaxe, and there's a constant, powerful airflow thanks to two ventilation shafts in the ceiling. Some of these images, of course, have just been sprayed by the local youth and people that go through here. But it adds to the atmosphere when you start seeing stuff like this, and it really makes your skin crawl and gives you goosebumps all over your skin. The graffiti that Adrian is referring to specifically here is a rough outline of a devil with the word devil scribbled above it. And it does make your skin crawl. Some of the almost childlike doodles, stick figures, it's, it's just eerie. Especially when it's adult themes and subject matter or extremely dark, sometimes violent subject matter. On top of the dark imagery, you can't walk three feet without seeing a penis, vagina, or any number of sexual phrases. It's literally everywhere. Almost as if when people come here, the freedom to do whatever they want, unsupervised, reverts everybody back to being like naughty kids. The tunnel is almost like a communal art project. One person comes through and draws a figure, Someone else comes through and adds to that figure, and then someone else names it or sprays words across it. Then another person adds to those words and creates a phrase. And then yet another person embellishes the original figure. It's really fascinating how it all kind of evolves naturally. So there's the graffiti. Some of the images are just creepy, really, really creepy. And there are gorgeous works of art in there, too. Like the really neat graffiti you'd see on trains or whatever. But enough of that. Let's get back to the tunnel and Adrian and the team. It's very interesting when you think about the vagrants, the homeless people that have been living down this tunnel. And you start to see some of the graffiti where people have written things like a loan and a sad face. 
you also have images of gravestones but this goes back to prehistoric times when we had blood and we used to put our hands on the wall of the caves from 5,000 years ago and we're still doing that now. It's almost like humanity hasn't changed or evolved in any way, shape or form and we're still here underground making effigies and petroglyphs onto the walls. The flashlight was on and I was asking whoever it was to turn it off. Ah, the flashlight. As you hear Heather tell us, the team had already begun setting up equipment in the center of the tunnel, about 200 feet in from either side and in between the two extremely drafty ventilation shafts. One of Heather's favorite tools is a very basic flashlight that you'll see a lot of activity with throughout these investigations. Within probably 10 minutes of placing the flashlight, on its own, by itself, turned off. Well, it popped on. Heather then simply asked whoever did that to turn it off. And that also happened. With the equipment spread around and set up and ready to go, Adrian set to begin the investigation. Let's join back in. My name's Adrian Lee, and I am a historian. I know there's a lot of history attached to this tunnel and to the buildings that are connected to this tunnel. I also know that it has a very dark past and there's a lot of dark energy down here. So I'm here to investigate. I'm here to find out who you are, perhaps find out a little bit about the research and the history of these tunnels. So if you're here today, now would be a good opportunity to engage with us, to talk to us, to perhaps make some of the equipment come on. And you saw how it was picking some stuff up off to the left and there's nothing to point on over there. Perhaps you're even unhappy that we're here today. Can you... Yeah. I've never seen this device so active. That's uh, a very high reading. We don't normally see prolonged static energy because once it's discharged, it's no longer there, right? So to have that prolonged, that's right. Like take one sweep yeah. In the same way that you'd rub a balloon and then when you earth or ground it, the energy's gone. So it's very unusual to have such a prolonged reading because static energy normally discharges, it lights that up and then there's nothing else after that moment. What Adrian is talking about is a device that is triggered by static electricity. It almost looks like a bunch of crystals sticking up and they flash different colors when energy is detected. Usually, these happen in very quick, brief moments where it lights up and it's gone. And these don't trigger often. You have to be really close to the device. It has to be a pretty good source of energy, static electricity, it's not something you're going to accidentally trip. In this moment, the lights activate in almost a continuous wave pattern back and forth for extended periods of time, and the intensity is completely maxed out. Still to this day, this is the only moment I've seen this device do anything like this. And you can tell everyone else was surprised too. These are seasoned veterans, and they stopped dead in their tracks. I'm just a producer here, so when the professionals get nervous or spooked, that makes me super nervous. Let's get back to the investigation. 
out. We thought we heard some men talking at the end of the tunnel here where quite clearly there's nobody here. So could you shout your name out? Could you talk to us? Could you scream or shout for me? Adrian gives whatever entity might be here a chance to simply speak into any of the audio recorders spread around the space. Sometimes after an investigation, the team will review the recorders and find all sorts of strange EVPs or electronic voice phenomenon. These are different than what you'd find during a ghost box session, and often creepier. The team refers to these EVPs as disembodied voices. One of the things I'm getting psychically is I feel my lungs are really heavy. So I know that these tunnels linked to a hospital, but having trouble at the moment kind of getting my breath as if I might have some sort of uh, diphtheria or lung disease, something like that. So it would be interesting to see what comes through on the equipment. Obviously, I think there were people coming through here that had illnesses and diseases, and I'm empathically starting to pick up on some of that. It's getting hard to breathe at the moment. What Adrian is feeling psychically will come into play a little later. This happens periodically on an investigation where Adrian will physically feel something, like an injury, as if he can feel whatever that spirit had gone through in physical form. You want to be creeped out? Try experiencing diphtheria in the middle of a deserted tunnel. Yeah, no thanks. This was connected to the hospital or the uh, penitentiary or any of the facilities around here. Could you shut your name out for me nice and clearly? I need you to repeat that for me. Could you make nice, loud, clear responses? While there weren't any obvious EVPs here or audible responses, what did start happening is a lot of activity on the equipment. Again, stopping everyone in their tracks. 1.4, see, it just kicked up. Yeah, here it is. 1.1, 1.8. The energy in this it's insane. Didn't start moving though until you started actually oh, trying to right. move well, when did we see the mill music come on? 4.2 is huge. <laughs> the mill meter measures electromagnetic fields, and in my time filming Adrian's team, I haven't seen one register higher than 0.0. .0. Sound was not the fire right there. I don't know what that is. I didn't think it was. 9.7. Wow. Holy I don't, shit. I don't think I've ever seen a rate of 9.7. That's awesome. Oh, have you ever seen the millimeter go off from something we can't explain? What is happening right there? The energy in this tunnel is insane. We're getting all kinds of reading. We're getting static meter coming on. We're getting the mel meter coming on, the K2 meter. We're producing readings here that are so large. I've never seen them in any haunted building around America. Clearly, something is triggering the equipment. Thank you. K2 
Can you stand on top of that black meter? So 2.1. Right on top of it, just stand on it. This frenzied activity continues. The melmeter, the K2s, the flashlight. Everything is triggered here. To say this kind of heightened activity in this environment is unnerving is an understatement. Adding to the effect is this constant airflow. And it's really cold out. A very brisk autumn day. And it's just bit into the skin. At one point, we had relit a fire at the end of the tunnel just to warm our hands and equipment periodically. Previously, people had drug in branches and had clearly lit fires here before. We appreciate the amount of energy you're providing. We're up to five right now. Who's creating that? Who's generating that energy? 12.1. Who's doing that? Zero. Completely zeroed out. Is there somebody here that wishes to talk to us? That was that was an odd sound. That sounded like somebody sneezing over there, or screaming even. And it could be an echo. It could be an echo. The humming could be an echo. Because when you just talked, I heard another, it would sound like another hum, so I think it's an echo. Oh, this is going too. a large amount of energy in here we're registering readings I've not seen before the whole area is jumping with energy we're getting strange noises there's whispers we can hear people talking there's so much going on here residually that you can just imagine 200 years of people going backwards and forwards through these tunnels if there's someone here with us right now can you just shout out your first name please As Scott works a ghost box, you hear him ask for a name. Listen again, and you'll hear the response, Alex. I'll repeat the audio a couple times. After the investigation, we discovered an inmate named Alex had died in the hospital of consumption also known as tuberculosis, a disease that attacks the lungs. That little piece of my narration there is pretty profound. Think about this. We have massive energy spikes, lots of activity. And earlier, Adrian had experienced lung issues, psychically. We get the response Alex when asking for a name. So... To discover there was an inmate named Alex at the nearby prison who died of tuberculosis is pretty spectacular. 
Historically, all we have is rumor and urban legends telling us that these tunnels were used for transporting or storing sick or even dead patients. Did this tunnel, or did this tunnel system, was it ever used for storing dead bodies? work here? Is that how you know that? Did you work here or were you a patient or an inmate? Inmate? I just want to verify again, you were an inmate, yes or no? What's your first name? That's a pretty intense segment right there. You heard responses, inmate, and blood, clearly through the ghost box. These were distinguishable on the spot. This isn't something found later upon review, hidden in static. These were very, very clear responses. Well, thank you very much for interacting with us. Thank Can you, you say goodbye? <laughs> goodbye. Oh, uh, this just went off. This one, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It has been going yeah. off. It's We've been asking. This is going off now, too. What the? Whoa. Yeah. That thing was, like, constant right there. Yeah. As Scott starts the goodbye sequence, activity erupts once again. The static meter maxes out again, which I, I personally find incredible. Was it the spirit saying goodbye? The thing about Adrian and the International Paranormal Society is that this team always begins and ends an investigation the same way. They begin with introductions almost just to say, hey, we're friendly. We're here to talk, that's it. We won't hurt you. We want to help you. We want to learn about you. And the team is always very polite. The investigations end that same way. The team always says goodbye and asks any spirits to do the same. Often the team offers to help a spirit or asks if uh, there's anything they can do for them. It's quite extraordinary how many responses come in those final moments. Let's drop back in and get Adrian's thoughts as the team exits the tunnel. What a great investigation. Lots happening there. Lots of electrical devices going off. Lots of energy. I've never seen a static meter go off so consistently for a prolonged period. And then to measure readings on the male meter up in 12 milligauss is something I've not seen for many, many years. Lots of voices, the feelings of being looked upon. There's a lot going on down here, and I'm sure we'll be back to do more investigations. Wow. Did that one give you chills? Maybe because I was there and experienced it firsthand. You know, but man, what, what an adventure. 
When the pieces all connect, that's what gets me. Adrian describes this as empirical evidence when historical, physical, and psychic evidence, it, it all connects. It's really hard to dispute. Discovering things like this Alex's info and being able to connect it all, it's very powerful. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute and visit unscriptedparanormal.com. You can watch the video version of our Hell's Tunnel investigation and much more across all social and media platforms. Thanks again for hanging out. Till next time.